1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 229 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, Justin talks to Jeremy Werner, publisher at Illinois Inquirer, about the Illinois Illini. You can find us on the web at huskerpot.com or by searching Husker Football Fan
0: Podcast on Facebook. Also, connect with us on Twitter by following at Huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check
1: out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402 770 3356. How was your holiday weekend, Mike? It was good. I Took a real break for once where um, sometimes, you know, it feels like your day's off or the days where you squeeze in all the rest of the work that you got to do. Um, actually had some nice R&R this weekend, so that was that was a good change of pace for me. How about you? Good deal. Pretty good. Started off, I went, uh, took
0: my two oldest uh, to the baseball game on Friday, which was a little bit chilly, but we sat in the south berm and the wind was coming from the north, so we were kind of shielded and... It was a one to zero pitchers duel and we won. And, um, at the very end, one of the players handed my daughter a baseball and just like made her day. Oh, that's wonderful. And, uh, so we had a really good time and then didn't do, we probably canceled like half the things we were going to do this weekend because we had colds going through the house. Mm. Um, so we were like going shifts to things and whatnot, but it was, and so we, it was pretty low key, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good weekend.
1: Illinois, dude, first game of the year, week zero. We get Huskers before anybody else. Well, I mean, I guess everybody gets Huskers at the same time, but you know what I mean. Our, team, our team plays yeah. before most other teams even take the field this year.
0: Yeah, this continues to be a really intriguing game as we've kind of talked about it with different people through through the offseason and now to talk uh, with Jeremy to reconnect with him and get his take on the team. Um i uh i of course am optimistic about our chances but that's just kind of the nature of you and me (laughs) and uh so uh yeah this was a helpful conversation i think and hopefully you all learn a lot that's
1: good yeah i myself have not heard it either so i'm gonna be going into this uh fresh like our listener so i'm looking forward to hearing what you guys had to say let's roll that tape
0: Excited to welcome back to the show Jeremy Warner, publisher at AlineEnquirer.com. Jeremy, great to see you again.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me back. Appreciate it.
0: So uh, I feel like there's just there's just a lot, a lot to get to, and I don't even know where to start. But let's let's start with last year's Nebraska, Illinois game, which was just, I still don't really understand what happened there. Um and, I don't know, any thoughts from you on one of the two wins that Illinois
2: had last year? Yeah, back-to-back wins. Uh, it was really the outlier uh, of that season, the week before Illinois. Or was it was a week before or two weeks before, I can't remember. But uh, Isaiah Williams came in at quarterback and you know kind of ran Rutgers into the ground because uh, he's such a good athlete. Now he's playing wide receiver, as, as most schools, including Nebraska, recruited him. Uh, but Brandon Peters played his best game. Uh, as an Illini. And the rest of the season, he wasn't very good, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he had a great game. Uh, Obviously, Chase Brown, the running game ran all over Nebraska. And it's kind of, to be honest with you, I've been feeling the last couple of years that Illinois and Nebraska aren't that far apart Mm talent-wise. And it was one of the only games last year where we saw that Illinois had some talent. Like they, they weren't a great Big Ten team, but they weren't a team that I thought should be pushed over as much as it was last year. I mean, last year they had their fourth string quarterback in and, and almost uh, had a chance to tie or, or, or beat Purdue. Uh, in that game, but otherwise they were blown out by Minnesota blown out by Wisconsin. I thought they greatly underachieved. They dealt with some COVID issues, uh, especially with Peters being out. I think that really derailed them. They had a lot of contact tracing guys out. So it it, it wasn't a, a, a fair season, but nobody had a fair season. Yeah. last year. But it certainly was the outlier because the next three weeks they they got blown out. They had a good first yeah. quarter. The next week against Iowa, and you're thinking, oh, they might have something here. Lovey Smith, uh, did he figure this out? Did he turn it around? Um, we figured out later on that after that Iowa game, Josh Whitman had made his decision uh, and was moving on from Lovey Smith. So uh, it really, I, I can't explain that game fully other than I thought we'd see more of that last year. And since we didn't, that's why Lovey Smith got fired.
0: Okay, that's an interesting observation about you know us the two teams being closer. It does feel like the sloppier team has blown it the last few times Nebraska and Illinois have played. I, I feel like there's been a little bit of a consensus that's emerged at least uh, among Husker fans on Twitter that um, also a big thing was we started Luke McCaffrey and Luke McCaffrey is no longer with the program. Um, so that you know that it would it, it I, the kind of consensus that has just emerged on again the Husker fans on Twitter is that Frost kind of had to prove a point to a few different constituencies, both Luke and Husker fans, like, all right, you want to be a quarterback? Let, you want him to be the quarterback? Let's see what happens. And um, just three turno- three interceptions and a fumble, I guess kind of shows you that he was not ready for that. And, and Adrian had had success against Illinois in the past. So
2: that's what was surprising from our end is, listen, I know Adrian Martinez wasn't playing very well, but he had great games against Illinois and Lovey Smiths. NFL cover two, it was not always cover two, but his defense was never really able to account for a quarterback who could throw the ball decently well, but also run well. And it was clear McCaffrey, while he could run well, uh, you just didn't have to defend the pass very much. You just kind of let him make mistakes. Uh, so I think that di- certainly did help Illinois, but, um, you know, the black shirts of Nebraska have not been there, as you know, uh, and they couldn't stop an offense that. Uh, for Illinois had been terrible most of the year. They were, they were solid running the ball, but the passing game uh, certainly was its best against Nebraska, which I think was was an even bigger problem probably for the Huskers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't really want to talk about this game anymore.
2: It's <laughs> the weirdest
0: thing. Um, so, so you already talked a little bit about Lovey. Lovey's out. Belum is in. How uh, how has that been received?
2: Well, what did you think when Belemo was hired?
0: I mean, I. Nebraska has struggled with him immediately. I think that was Bo who struggled against Illinois. He's a good, he's a good, solid coach. And um, I think he's more, more, he's a better fit for the college football environment than Lovey. Uh, Lovey, there were some things about him that you knew he was going to do really well, but he was not, I think last summer when you and I talked, it was kind of like, is this recruiting thing? Like, is he even recruiting at this point? Um, So I think that, you know, the big 10 West, just got better as, as a coaching group and that maybe we won't see it this year, but I think he's going to have Illinois a better team than they've been.
2: Yeah. I asked you that because, you know, I think the perception of Brett Bielma is, is interesting. interesting um, because, I mean, you can't argue with his big 10 success, right? You could poke holes in it and say, well, he inherited a great situation, uh, yeah. from but he also took it up a notch, right. To yeah. win big 10 titles, uh, to go to three rows. I know at the time, Penn state was down. Ohio state was down. Um, -hmm. had all that happening at that time, but he took advantage of it. Uh, and and he really dominated, uh, at that time. And it took it to another level when Russell Wilson was there. Uh, and then at Arkansas, which I think is even a good barometer for Illinois, he got to three right. And, And had a bad season four and eight and they fired him and they've been bad ever since. Like they Hmm. were better than without him. But I think Bielma thought he could translate Wisconsin success into SEC success. And he wanted to prove it to everybody, right? He's a brash guy. Uh, he was very confident in himself as he said, he'd never been fired at that point in his career. So I, I think at the end of all of this, I think Illinois is kind of getting the best version of Brett Bielma, uh, I don't know if it'll succeed because Illinois is a very tough job. We all know that, right? Like right. there hasn't been a coach who, who has left Illinois for a better job huh. and not been fired since 1991 when okay. John Makovic went to Texas. Okay. So it, it is a very tough job he is inheriting. But I think Brett Bioma, um, the last three years, being in the NFL, being with Bill Belichick for two years certainly helps. But you think of the program's – He's been a part of in the bills. He's been a part of, he played for Hayden Fry at Iowa, right? Iowa is a great model for what Illinois needs to do. Uh, He was a coach for Bill Snyder, at Kansas state, Kansas state is a great example of a development program in the Midwest, not had success. Um, He took over for Barry Alvarez. Wisconsin was awful before Barry Alvarez got there. Like, I, I don't know if a lot of people in this generation know it, but they were awful in the seventies and eighties. Um, so Barry Alvarez built that and he learned from that. And then he goes and learns from Bill Belichick and he gets to see the other side of college football as well as he's talking with coaches, talking with recruiting, how it goes these days and what is a successful program. So I just felt like he came in with like this binder. It's a metaphor. Hmm. He didn't have it, but like he just had this plan of, okay, when I get my chance again, Here's how I will succeed. Here's what I've learned over all these decades of experience, both great success and failure at Arkansas that fuels him because he felt he was doing good things there. Uh, I feel like Illinois, he's just unloaded that in his first six or seven months. And for all the people that that questioned, oh, we're going to retread again, oh, we're going this big name hire. Well, it's a different big name hire than Lovey Smith. as you said, he, he understands the college game. He understands recruiting. He understands the development. And the other thing is he understands the PR here. He understands mm-hmm. he has to be a salesman at Illinois, right? Because you're not going to get interest just because your name is Brett Bioma. And Lovey Smith just felt like, I'm Lovey Smith. like this is what what I think he showed. He didn't care about meeting fans, right? He didn't care about being a part of the community. Brett Bielma does. He understands the PR aspect. You have to play as a salesman of a college football program, and I think he's done that well. But I also think he's just—he's hired a really qualified staff. That I think, if Nebraska had Illinois staff, they'd be—they'd be happy. Fans would be happy. I think if Iowa had Illinois staff, I think they'd be happy. The way he set up the recruiting department, the way he's outreached—I think he's won over a lot of people uh, in his six months. Now we'll see how it translates to the field, right? Like he he returns a lot of people. They get a lot of players back. So he certainly has the players in-house believing. Uh, now you got to go win in the Big Ten, which is which is the diff- difficult thing to do.
0: Well, and, and Nebraska and Illinois right off the bat here, week zero. So, um, you know, we're going to – I don't know how much you learn the first week with a new coaching staff, but do you know how much extra – do we get extra practices or earlier practices starting in week zero?
2: Well, they start early. I know that. Um, I don't think they get added practice. Yeah, not,
0: not extra, but just like earlier, though.
2: Yeah, I think they'll start in late July. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we don't know how much we'll get to look at them. We got to see a little bit of spring ball, uh, usually just stretching and, and position drills. Uh, in the spring game, we saw kind of what their base offense will be, which is more of, 12 personnel. Uh, it's going to be a power run scheme, a little bit different than Wisconsin. They're going to uh, have a little bit more spread concepts um, with Tony Peterson, who is at Minnesota. He's been at ECU, a lot of different places. Uh, so he's very multiple. Uh, and then we saw their defense, which is going to switch to more of a 3-4 base. Um, Ryan Walters was the defense coordinator at Missouri, had success there under Barry Odom. Uh, so they'll be more of what you know the new school defenses are, which I think is better for – you know, quarterbacks like Adrian Martinez, I think three, four makes them more um, versatile, more athletic. Uh, so they're making a change there. But if, if they play a team that's more spread concepts, they can probably go to a four, two, five at certain times and, and be a little bit more dynamic. I just think they're going to be on defense. Lovey Smith was very predictable. Every coach, they run what they run, they don't hide it. And I think that was a problem, right? Like mm. you have to, especially when it comes to, 18 to 22 year old quarterbacks. Why would you not try to confuse them? Lovey Smith didn't try to do. I think pre snap, you'll see a lot more disguising, a lot more gamesmanship uh, from, from Brett Bielma.
0: So, this first game was supposed to be in Ireland. It's recently been announced that that's been moved to next year and it's going to be Northwestern. Is that uh, what's the level of disappointment for the Illinois, Illinois fan base there?
2: To be honest with you, Uh, I think given the circumstances of Brett Bioma taking over as head coach, you like that game to be home. Like, I think they're actually happy that this game is going to be at home. They have a chance. I mean, Illinois-Nebraska might be the best matchup in week zero. So there's a chance college game day could be here. And Brett Bielma will embrace that. Like, even if it's not game day, the Big Ten Network, I'm sure, will, will do something on campus. Fans will be back in the stadiums. We'll see how many fans, but it certainly seems like uh, they're going to go to 100% capacity at some point um, Is with the way things are going, which is really encouraging. Uh, so I think for Illinois to kick off the Brett Bielma era in Champaign, Possibly against a—I don't want to say Illinois is going to be going to win this game, but it's it's a beatable opponent. I mean, you beat them last year. You've been competitive with them in recent years. Scott Frost is obviously um, whether whether he's really on the hot seat or not. There's certainly pressure on him, Mm -hmm. uh, given what's uh, happened in the last couple seasons. So I think Illinois sees an opportunity to start off the Brett Bielema era with a little bit of buzz um they certainly got have to be way improved from what they were last year but I, that ireland trip i thought was exciting it's a cool thing you get you know eyes on you but the fact that you still have a week zero game i think they're probably happy uh it's actually uh in champagne the one guy who might be upset is james mccourt their kicker who returned for a sixth season he's actually he was actually born in ireland so he's oh. was for him, his family's from Ireland, uh, so he won't be able to do that. But uh, otherwise, I, I think uh, if you gave Illinois some truth serum, I think they're probably pretty happy that it's in Champagne.
0: Do you think there's any resentment that they didn't get to go? You're not getting to go in 2022.
2: They said they want to reschedule uh, okay. now. Northwestern hopped on that. And I think it makes sense with Pat Fitzgerald and the, the Northwestern program it makes sense for, for them to go over there. But uh, they said they want to reschedule it uh, at some point. And I think the relationship with uh, Aer Lingus and all that, I, I think they'll get back there at some point. Because it's a really cool uh, – football is one of the few – that doesn't get to travel overseas most often, right? Like baseball, softball, even volleyball, and basketball, they, they have these overseas trips and, and football is one of the main sports that doesn't. So I think Josh Whitman, the AD here, uh, he thought that was a pretty cool opportunity. So I, I think I'll take him up at, on it at some point.
0: Cool. Uh, talked to some of our, a couple of our friends who are at the Eyes on Big Ten, Eyes on Big Podcast, and they gave me a couple questions for each of the teams on the Big Ten schedule. Um, do you, so this is coming from them. Do you have a sense of how well? Um, and you you already spoke about spring practice and not being able to see a lot of other practices. Do you have a sense of how well the system's getting picked up?
2: A little bit. Um, the players seem to be bought into it. Uh, the one thing that Brett Bielema has, has really brought to Illinois and even uh, one of the assistant coaches who stayed on the staff, Corey Patterson, who's known more as a recruiter, uh, recruited all these kids from Trinity Catholic, including Isaiah Williams. Um, he said he's learned more in, in three months. With Brett Bioma than, than three years with Lovey Smith. Now, he said that, and I think it was true. And he had to, you know, want to make sure people knew hey, Lovey Smith, he loves, and Lovey Smith gave him this big opportunity. But uh, Brett Bioma teaches this football 101, he calls it. And it's basically like he goes down to the ground level of explaining football, explaining first down, second down, third down, the metrics involved in all of those things, why this down is important, why this is important. Um, so, He doesn't want to assume that players and even coaches know everything about the game that they play, which I which I think is great because I mean, even in any profession we're in, whether it's me with journalism or anything. Like sometimes you got to remind, be reminded of the simple things. And um, it seems like the players have really picked up a lot from that. And it doesn't seem like these systems are that complicated at this point. Like they are keeping the foundation level stuff and then they'll add to it, add to it as these players become comfortable. But uh, so far so good. It's a honeymoon period, but these, these players certainly have bought into this staff so far. And I think that says a lot about the staff, Brett Bielema, is is, is uh, hired here, and 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 just for people who don't know, including Bielema, there are four um, pl- staff members on the staff that have been FBS defensive coordinators, including three Power Five defensive coordinators. On the offensive side of the ball, Tony Peterson and George McDonald have both been Power Five offensive coordinators. So there is a lot of experience. Um, so these guys come with a lot of a lot of credibility that I think the players see.
0: Wow. So you got a lot of experience on the coaching staff and then you got a lot of experience on the squad, but I think like 2021 20, seniors coming back. I mean, that's, that's a testament to what Bielum was trying to do. You've also kind of alluded to this. Um, but what, what is the biggest positive change that you've seen with the program since Brett showed up?
2: I think kind of going back to what I said about this, this theoretical binder I talked about, yeah. it's the level of detail The level of organization, the level of communication uh, that Brett Bielma has. Um, I think it's really important to have a great CEO who is organized, detailed, and he has brought that. And I I think just everybody being on the same page is so important. Um, And I think he's brought that. There's just a reason behind everything that he does and everything he wants to accomplish. And he's very, so far, now it's not in season when well, we're asking him questions about why this didn't work or, or what are you trying to do here? Uh, so far he's been very transparent about that stuff, which I think is is important when you have a rebuilding struggling program like Illinois. So, so for me, that has been the most impressive. The other things I would say is you mentioned it. Um, 21 super seniors are returning 18 of those are scholarship players. So basically Brett Bielma gets a huge boost here. Um, you know, the pandemic has been awful, but the one thing that he he benefits a lot from it because he gets all these players a chance to come back and a lot of those guys are starters and a lot of those guys are high impact players in the offensive line, defensive line, Quarterback Brandon Peters is back. That gives them a much better option than they would have if if he didn't come back. Uh, linebacker Jake Hansen went into the draft, pulled back, and is actually back. He got a waiver to come back. Tony Adams, a starting defensive back. So, um, all those players coming back means I think Illinois can be competitive. I'm not going to say they're going to make a bowl game, I think they'll have a chance to, but I think. Nebraska has to worry about them because of all those super seniors coming back. If they, if that wasn't an option, Illinois would have been bad. They would have definitely been my bottom of the big 10 team if that wasn't the case. So I think he's got a chance to be really competitive. Um, So I think getting all those guys back on board and nobody entering the transfer portal, I think that says something about Brett Bielman and being able to kind of keep this roster together.
0: So I've got the uh, schedule pulled up here you've got Nebraska for week zero and then uh UT San Antonio at Virginia. Interesting um, non-con matchup there. Uh, crossover with Maryland, go, go to Purdue, Charlotte, October 2nd. That's interesting placement. Uh, Wisconsin at Penn state records at Minnesota at Iowa, and then finish at home versus Northwestern. Uh, you, you just said, you think uh, a bull is possible and, and new coach knew everything. Um, So what do you think? Like five or six, seven wins is the likely outcome?
2: Yeah, I mean, the one concern I have about this team is depth. Um, Just proven experience depth. I I do think they're actually solid on the offensive line. They have, you know, Kendrick Green was a third-round pick of the Steelers, but they do have five guys who are super seniors that are likely to be starters on this team. And uh, Vidarian Lowe has been a left tackle, all Big Ten left tackle. He's got 40 career starts. Alex Palachewski, 40 – Starts, he's the right tackle center. Doug Kramer, 37 career starts. So that's a solid group. And they have a couple transfers who played at the FCS level, level Blake Jarosati and Jack Bedovinak. Uh, those two can fill in at guard as well. So it's a very experienced, tough group. Defensive line, they get everybody back. They have some young talent that's emerging there. Owen Carney went in the transfer portal, could have played at Penn State, could have played at Wake Forest. He came back to Illinois. Um, they're, they're moving to a, a, a three-4 scheme so some of those guys are switching from defensive end to kind of this stand-up edge rusher but I think they're actually gonna be solid I'm not gonna say they're gonna be great but they should be solid in the trenches which as we know in the Big Ten West is really important. Um, you know you get a quarterback back you get r- a good running game back with Chase Brown uh, Chase Hayden's transferred in Reggie love they're excited about I think Nebraska had offered him out of Trinity Catholic in St Louis so they have a good group of running backs as well my question is, who are the playmakers on offense? Um, you have some good running backs, but a wide receiver, they got a lot of unknowns. They are excited about Isaiah Williams moving to slot receiver. He's a really good athlete. And um, you know I think he showed that with, with running for uh, 190 yards against Rutgers, which was a program record for a quarterback. Kind of like Luke McCaffrey, was more athlete than quarterback. So I think he's found his natural position. Uh, Marquez Beeson, a former top 100 recruit, uh, who I think Nebraska had offered as well. He's now moved to wide receiver, but uh, they don't really have a lot of proven options there. Josh and Matt Torbebe is now in the NFL. You know, Brian Hightower is a former top 247 prospect who transferred, showed some flashes last year. Donnie Navarro had a good game against Nebraska kind of former walk-on, gritty, reliable, uh, but is he a game breaker? That's where I think Illinois struggles there. And if they have injuries like they had last year, I think, I think that's the concern. But all that's to say is I, I think Illinois – they should win four games. Like there are four winnable games on that schedule. Like UTSA won seven games last year. I don't think that's going to be an easy non-conference game, but they should win that Charlotte. They should win that. Virginia is a tough place on the road. It's a middle tier ACC team, but Nebraska is a winnable game. Purdue is a winnable game. Uh, Rutgers and Maryland are winnable games, but all those programs should be improved, right? Like Rutgers has shown improvement under Shiano, especially with talent. Maryland has shown improvement, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I just think th- there's not a lot of games you can just sit back and go, yeah, they should win that. But there are a lot of games on the schedule that you sit there and go, well, they should have a chance, especially with all these seniors coming back. So I would say if I'm predicting today, I think five wins is possible. I think four wins is probably where Vegas would have them. Uh, but if, if the coaching is good and the health is 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 better than it's been uh, last year, then I think this is a team that maybe towards the end of the season is fighting for a bowl.
0: Yeah, I know I'm, I'm pretty nervous about this week zero game and, um, you know, we've seen a lot this, this spring and we had an open practice as well as the spring game. So we've seen a lot from wide receivers that that's not been there in the past. And, and there seems to be a good selection of running backs, wherever we end up going. Um, Adrian seems, uh, seems faster, sharper, Um but uh yeah this first this first game there's pressures on Nebraska as you already said.
2: I think it's a huge game for both teams. I mean that's why it's so interesting because Illinois beat Nebraska, Illinois's been competitive with Nebraska, um, more so offensively than defensively in all these years. But they also have the element of surprise with, Mm with Nebraska that the Huskers don't have as much. Um, you know, Bielma can just look at past years, you know under frost and say okay this is what they run you know frost has the spring game man they, they barely showed us anything about yeah. what they do. there was very vanilla yeah. play so
0: they were boring the, i can say t- it was boring
2: They they know the personnel but uh, they don't know how that personnel is going to be used as much so i think that's going to be really interesting for illinois and one of the groups i didn't mention was the tight end group should be pretty strong and it's a group that um, they want to use more. Daniel Barker's been very good the last couple of years. And then Luke Ford's a former top 100 prospect who uh, for reasons unbeknownst to us was not used, but then the spring game, he was a star. He had six catches, 88 yards and, and a one handed touchdown. So uh, that's, that's a guy that if, if this new staff can unlock, then all of a sudden that Illinois could be maybe a little bit better than we thought, because as I said, like Lovey Smith had a roster that I thought was as good and our 24 seven sports talent composite rankings of a roster had them up there with, with most of the big 10 West. It's just last year, they really underachieved. So um, I think that game could tell us a lot about both these teams early in the season. And I think whoever wins that game certainly feels a lot better about um, their rest of the season, just because that's one of the winnable games uh, on the big 10 West schedule for both of them.
0: Yeah. Big 10 West not getting any easier. And, uh, bringing in Bilama makes it, uh, makes it more competitive. Well, you are Jay Warner two, four, seven on Twitter. That's W E R N E R and, uh, Illini Any, any other, uh, social or web URLs that our listeners need to know about.
2: That's all they need to know. I haven't gotten too much into the Instagram. Uh, okay. well. I, I have one, I, I pay attention to it, but I, I don't post on it, but yeah, I uh, no, appreciate the plugs there.
0: You bet. You no know, TikTok?
2: Not into the TikToks, as the, kids, uh, as the kids are into that. I stay away from that one.
0: Geriat- geriatric millennials for the win. That's right. All right. Well, Jeremy, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for your time. And uh, we'll definitely be following along with your, uh, your work here this summer as we lead up to game, game one on week zero.
2: Anytime. Looking forward to seeing the Huskers fans in Champaign. Going to be fun to see fans back in the stands. And- yes. It'll be it'll be great. Um, the Huskers fans always always travel incredibly well, and and I know they love being known as as the nice fans. But uh, I, I've I've enjoyed my time with the Husker fans, and hopefully soon I get to see um, what basketball game because I really want to see a basketball game in Lincoln. I've I've heard such great things, so okay. well,
0: hopefully the team's a lot better this year too.
2: Well, Illinois is hoping uh, that they can they can withstand uh, losing all these basketball assistant coaches and. Mm-hmm potentially two all Americans. So maybe it'll be a more wonderful game, but Nebraska gave them a run for their money last year. so
0: Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you hopefully next summer, if not sooner.
2: Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it, man.
1: Bye. Thanks again to Mr. Werner for joining us on the podcast. What an insightful discussion that I can't wait to listen to later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Jeremy knows what's up. So always, always fun talking with him. Sure. Dude. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if you guys touched on this. You probably probably didn't because you're talking to a fan of the opposing team. But I know it's way, way early for us to even be talking about predictions. Um, we're going to save that towards the end of summer. But I'm putting this game down as an absolute non-negotiable must win for Nebraska. They have right, to I'd, win this game. Yeah,
0: I think you are. I don't think you're alone in that. You know whether or not you're saying we will win, it it, it we really need
1: to win. Yes, um, it is one of the most important games of the year, day one. Yeah i I think that is. I don't want to say it's a consensus opinion because some
0: have differed, but I think it's a uh, maybe we'll say a majority or at least plurality opinion.
1: Yeah, but I I mean it more than a lot of people.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Seek help. All right. Right. Okay. Well, hey. As always, thank you to our sponsors, Central Nebraska Buffalo and Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty. Um, Just really want to emphasize their support of this podcast. Um, they've made a lot of what we do possible over the last couple of years and so we appreciate their support and so um, anything you can do to support them buy their products and you know engage with Monty if you're looking to buy or sell a home those things go a long way in terms of not just supporting us but also just you know supporting local folks people that uh, people that are right here in the Omaha and Lincoln area well I guess, Kendra's not in Omaha and Lincoln, but yeah,
0: close, close enough. Sure. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, anybody who like supported anybody through the last year and a half, mm. like that's a friend, you know, right there, because there's been a lot of opportunity where there's been lean times for 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 most businesses. So there's lots, you know, unless you're Amazon or <laughs> those niche markets or your Zoom. <laughs> um, right. It's been a lean lean times, and so it, you know, if you've got someone who stood by you, that's that's a that's a uh, important relationship, valuable relationship. So we appreciate. Yep. Appreciate them. I do think uh, if you're hoping to pick up some Central Nebraska Buffalo at the farmers market, just check their social media pages because I know that in the coming weeks it was going to be like maybe one on one off. So if you're if you're heading down to the hay market, farmers market, just uh, go check out their Facebook and Twitter before you hit mm. hit it up just to make sure. And th- those are. CN Buffalo on Facebook and CN Buffalo One on Instagram.
1: There you go. And as always, you can reach out to Monty Rohde 402 770 3356 or email him Monty, M O N T Y, period R O H D E at prglincoln.com. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Seen any good movies lately? Um, saw a terrible movie last night. What was that? I finally got around to seeing The Scorpion King. Oh, why? Uh, just because like, I like the <laughs> mummy movies, and I never saw The Rock's like first big about blockbuster. My mummy. So, oh boy. You're going in the Temple of Doom territory here now. Uh, they're in the desert looking for their mommies. Come on. Everybody makes fun of Kingdom of the Crystal School, but the worst line ever in... A single Indiana Jones movie is in Temple of Doom when Kate, whatever her bucket says, they're looking for their mommies. Get out of town. That's
2: stupid writing. This is Indiana Jones, the famous archaeologist.
1: Well, I thought archaeologists were always funny little men searching for their
2: mommies.
1: Mommies. Wow, we hit on a, a nerve here. No, I just like, I love the Indiana Jones movies. I think uh-huh. Crystal Skull is just as good as Temple of Doom, if not better. That's my wow. hot take. Bold. Hey, uh, one week from today, as of our recording, the the entire series thus far comes out on 4K Blu-ray. So
0: I am so excited.
1: <laughs> I'm excited because I like Indiana Jones, but yeah. It's actually the first like four K anything I've pre ordered. So
0: we are always looking for fresh movies to watch with our kids. And not like Scorpion King. Only, Don't don't watch only, that one. With your okay, kids. got it. You can only watch like you can only go to Disney Plus and just pick something. So many times, mm. and um, we had this book. I might have mentioned this before. We had this book from the library called Just Being Audrey about Audrey Hepburn. And so we've we watched Roman Holiday two weeks ago, Mm. which was a little. I think that pushed our six and four year old. The two year old was totally checked out. (laughs) But then this last Friday we watched Funny Face, which is like a song and dance fifties musical. With with the Gershwin's did the music. Okay, and Fred Astaire Astaire is the co star. So I mean, it was just like legit. Yeah. Um. And we it was great. It was really fun. Beyond the fact that he's fifty eight and she's twenty (laughs) eight. Um. I mean, when you when you're dancing like that, like it's hard to it's really hard to tell what age he is. But sure. Like outside of that, um, this is a super fun movie. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, I recommend it if you're if you're out there like me, like a, a parent sick and tired of stupid kids movies.
1: Not nah, stupid kids movies. There's there's a no. There's things, a lot but... of stupid kids movies. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of stupid movies like Scorpion King. Yeah. All right. Can you believe they made like four sequels to that? There's four more Scorpion King movies. Not only can I not believe it, I didn't know it. Ugh. So,
0: I'm, I'll take your word. You
1: know what movie it? also has a lot of unnecessary sequels? The, a lot of well, sure. these days. Uh, uh, yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Tremors with Kevin Bacon? Mm. I never did see. The original that. one is worth seeing. I recommend it. Um, from there, it gets dicey. Okay. But I think More the I think the, uh, I think the latest one has uh John Heater in it, the guy that played Napoleon Dynamite. So that's oh, where they're at ice. right now. Yeah, exactly. They've <laughs> it's reached, reached that shark NATO level of movie making. <laughs>
0: oh my. He
1: had his moment. Yep. All right. Well I think I think with that we've drifted
0: pretty far yeah, from this
1: is how we end our episodes. At least we do it at the end, folks. Like at least you don't have to hear me and Justin talk about this crap for 20 minutes before we even bring up the Huskers, right? Like if
2: you are still listening,
1: <laughs> the few, the proud, the our parents. <laughs> you uh expect too much out of my parents, Justin. <laughs> my parents. <laughs> thanks mom, thanks dad. Yep. <laughs> thanks
0: guys. All right. I don't even listen this far. All right, let's Actually sometimes I listen just
1: to see what you left in. <laughs> just to see did you like my little uh, stinger a couple weeks ago? I can't remember if you oh, got that. Did yeah, you get that far? It was far? like
0: one second of, of uh, Don't Stop. Okay,
1: good. Yeah, I, did I didn't want to, like, I was. I wanted to make it not too loud because I didn't want to, like, scare somebody who's driving into, like, veering off the road. Because, <laughs> you know, it fades out and then it jumps at you. But, yeah, yeah. Well, you always got to well listen to the end, folks. You never know when Mike's going to throw in a post-credit scene. I'm not as consistent as Marvel. I'm curious to see what you got for us this week. We'll see. Is there right. one? Is there not one? I don't know. Maybe, no, I, stop. maybe I have pre-roll where we break the Red Book uh, standard and there is audio before the first track on the CD. In what? Do you remember that back in the day where there were CDs that had a track zero, where if you press play and started rewinding right away, you could hear like a hidden track at the beginning of the CD? No, oh, I never
0: encountered that.
1: Yeah, I think like if there's a Five Iron album that does it. Oh yeah the the track "What's Up" on "All the Hype That Money Your Money Can Buy." Okay. Do you have to go back? Did you ever it. did you ever own that CD? I owned them all. Okay, if you look at the CD on the back, there's a track zero listed, and it says, what's up?
0: Is it just him saying, what's up?
1: No, it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, what's up? And then the first song starts. I think I've heard it. It's almost kind of like Pootermobile length, but it's there. Here, I found it on YouTube. And uh, the album, Mm Mm-hmm, by Reliant K, has has a track like that. Um yeah, there's a lot of them from back in the day. Everybody knows about the hidden track at the end of a CD, but there are hidden tracks at the start of a lot of CDs. You, Michael, look what you've look done. what I've done. I've totally taken us way like even farther down this. I, I legit like oh, my want gosh. to go now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. It's all the right, summertime. Great. All right. That, sorry to the Illinois fans who stuck around. <laughs> all right. Hey, go Big Red, Mike. Sufion Stevens wrote an album about you guys. Alright. Go big red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska.
2: His side was it the lying or his pride which brought him down